Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Stephanie Webster, and I'm a partner in Ropes and Gray's Healthcare Practice Group. I represent a mix of hospitals, health systems, and other healthcare clients before federal agencies and in federal court on healthcare payment and compliance issues. I also generally help clients navigate ongoing developments in federal funding and reimbursement. With me today is Jane Willis, a partner in Ropes and Gray's litigation and enforcement group. Jane focuses on antitrust matters for healthcare and life sciences clients, including both litigation and mergers and acquisitions. A couple weeks ago, we recorded a podcast about the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, recent rulemakings addressing competition and transparency in healthcare, including coordination between healthcare and antitrust authorities. We now have a further development to discuss with you. On December 9th, the Justice Department's Antitrust Division and the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Inspector General announced the signing of a Memorandum of Understanding, or MOU, that entails closer coordination on their enforcement efforts. And just to to start with a bit of background, as many of our listeners know, the HHS Office of the Inspector General, or OIG, is an independent oversight agency with responsibility to the Secretary of Health and Human Services and to Congress. OIG has a variety of enforcement mechanisms, partnerships with Medicaid fraud control units, corporate integrity agreements, civil and monetary penalties, and affirmative exclusions. On the other hand, the Department of Justice Antitrust Division is set up to promote economic competition through enforcing and providing guidance on antitrust laws and principles. The division prosecutes certain violations of the antitrust laws by filing criminal suits and civil actions. Uh, The antitrust division also acts as an advocate for competition in sectors of the economy that are or may be subject to government regulation, including, importantly, healthcare. So with all of that in mind, Jane, what are your thoughts on this latest announcement? Do you find it surprising? In a prior podcast, you know, we specifically discussed the Biden administration's focus on promoting competition and trying to do that across all agencies. And and the Biden administration is encouraging coordination among agencies. And this is really a prime example. Here you have Jonathan Cantor, who's the head of the antitrust division, and Christy Grimm, who's the inspector general, you know, making this joint announcement. So, you know, we previously discussed that Jonathan Cantor has a very ambitious agenda. He wants to bring more litigation and enforcement actions in the antitrust area. And he and others appointed by Biden, uh, you know, recognize the value, again, of working across agencies. And we previously saw that the HHS was taking steps to promote competition through some CMS rulemaking. So, you know, in my mind, this isn't a surprise. It's really a continuation of that same focus. You know, and this is interesting because the DOJ and the OIG each have their own areas of enforcement, um, but now they plan to identify issues in each other's area and, you know, refer those issues to the other agency um, as needed. So just for example, right, if the OIG is investigating a fraud and abuse matter and they identify a potential antitrust issue, they're going to refer that to the DOJ antitrust division and, and vice versa. Jane, what do you think will change as a result of this new MOU that was just announced? Well, a notable thing to me is the discussion of excluding healthcare providers from federal healthcare programs. 
you know, I think of that as a remedy that's used by the OIG, and that's, that's really the OIG's authority. But here, Jonathan Cantor is making clear that, you know, he wants to use that remedy, and it's really a penalty, uh, for criminal antitrust violations also. And, you know, the DOJ's threat to do so, you know, in collaboration with the OIG, is going to give the DOJ more leverage when they're investigating healthcare providers, uh, for example, for price fixing or wage fixing, um, which can both be criminal violations. So if a healthcare provider is subject to a criminal antitrust investigation, you know, the threat of exclusion from federal healthcare programs like Medicare, you know, raises the stakes even more. Stephanie, can, can you tell the audience more about um, exclusion as a remedy that the OIG uses? Uh, sure, Jane. OIG has statutory authority to exclude certain individuals and entities from all federal health care programs. This includes any plan or program that provides health benefits, either directly or indirectly through insurance or otherwise, that is funded, again, directly in whole or in part by the United States government or any state health care program. As listeners are probably um, very much attuned to, an exclusion can be devastating to both individuals and entities excluded and employers of those um, individuals uh, who are excluded. Uh, and as a result of exclusion, no federal payments can be made for any items or services rendered by an excluded person or entity or at the medical direction or on the prescription of an excluded person or entity. And excluded persons are prohibited from furnishing even administrative and management services that are payable by the federal healthcare program. If excluded individuals and entities do in fact furnish those services, the employer may incur a civil monetary penalty of up to 10,000 for each item or service furnished by the excluded individual or entity and listed on the claim submitted for federal program reimbursement, as well as an assessment of up to two to three times the amount claimed, and program exclusion may be imposed. So the consequences are, are very severe. Jane, with this in mind, as a practical matter, how would you expect the collaboration between OIG and DOJ's antitrust division to be implemented? The OIG and the DOJ have always, of course, had the ability to refer investigations to the other agencies. But here, with this collaboration, we see that they're going to be taking some concrete steps. You know, for example, each agency is going to designate an agency liaison, and the liaisons are going to meet periodically about the initiative. And importantly, the liaisons are in charge of setting up training programs. So the OIG staff will be trained to identify antitrust issues in their investigations, and the antitrust staff will be trained to identify OIG issues, such as fraud and abuse. So I'm thinking that with more training and now really explicit instructions to look for other types of violations, it seems likely that more referrals between the agencies will occur. And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that, you know, the antitrust division staff not only investigates conduct, but also does merger investigations as a part of the HSR process. So the antitrust division would also be looking for fraud and abuse issues, you know, in the course of a merger investigation that is brought to them by an HSR filing. That's really interesting, Jane. Based on what you're saying, it seems like healthcare providers need to be all the more vigilant about compliance across the range of issues handled by the OIG and the antitrust division, especially given the prospect of cross-referrals. So the, the risk calculus is even more complicated than it was before with 
exclusion risks having implications for antitrust negotiations with DOJ and vice versa. So it seems like attorneys in, in the different areas are really going to need to coordinate. I agree. And, you know, another thing is our respective teams here at Ropes and Gray need to be collaborating as well. So it's important for our healthcare lawyers to be spotting antitrust issues and to consult with the antitrust team. And, you know, likewise, our antitrust lawyers need to keep a lookout for fraud and abuse issues. Exactly. And I have certainly appreciated the chance to work with you on this podcast. And this development highlights that that need for um, collaboration between healthcare regulatory and compliance and antitrust counsel. Thank you again for joining me today, Jane, and thanks to the audience for listening. And if those listening would like more information on this topic or our healthcare or antitrust groups, please don't hesitate to contact either one of us or visit our website at ropesgray.com. You can also subscribe and listen to other Ropes and Gray podcasts wherever you regularly listen to your podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks again. Thanks again.